Today's episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, and man, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, that's where we are at. We're everywhere, and we are talking Carolina Panthers every day, Monday through Friday, 30 minutes, your team every day. That's what we do here. At the Locked On Panthers podcast. And that's what we do here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to check out some of the other podcasts part of the state of North Carolina. Kanata Edwards and Walker Mel do a great job talking Charlotte Hornets. So I assume if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably a Hornets fan too. That team's been fun to watch all season long despite the injuries of late. Those guys do a really good job. So go check out their podcast. Check out the podcast that everyone else does out there too of your favorite teams. Because again, every day. 30 minutes, Monday through Friday. That's what we do over here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's at Julian Council on Twitter. Going to be doing a mailbag starting on Friday, so hit me in my DMs, or just mention me, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll get to those questions on Friday as we are still two weeks away from the first round of the NFL Draft, and the Carolina Panthers have plenty of options. And the Charlotte Observer, Jonathan Alexander, wrote about it on Wednesday Three potential trade-back options in the teams that they'd be trading back with. So I want to get into that because I was kind of interested in what he had to say. Also, who's the greater off-season priority for the Carolina Panthers when you look at some of the guys going into contract years in 2021? Two of them I'm thinking right now are Dante Jackson and Robbie Anderson. And when you ask that question to yourself, and when I ask that question and think about it, I now look ahead to the NFL draft, potentially what Carolina could be doing there at 8 or later on in the draft, and maybe there's a replacement for one of those two players that's out there to where Carolina might not be prioritizing them heading into the 2022 offseason, but we still have a lot of time before that even comes up. And in third, Sam Darnold, of course, is the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. That's what's going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater is on his way out the door. Not yet, but he will be gone soon enough. Scott Fowler, the Observer, had wrote about it's time to part ways. Well, Scott, got to find the right team. First off, that wants Teddy Bridgewater in that deal and whatever works for the Carolina Panthers in the organization. But Joe Brady, there's a lot of talk about Joe Brady and how important he could be to Sam Darnold. And if Sam Darnold has success, does that guarantee Joe Brady is not the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator in 2022, meaning he's a head coach elsewhere in the NFL? Well, let's start off with the three trade back scenarios that the Charlotte Observer wrote about on Wednesday and the three teams that they brought up. Now, let's just go ahead and preface this. The Carolina Panthers, for them at eight, after the trade for Sam Darnold and signing A.J. Boye last week and all the signings that they've had so far this offseason, Hassan Reddick, Morgan Fox, Dan Arnold, everything is on the table for this organization at eight. That's what Scott Fitter, the new Panthers general manager, wanted to be the case going into the draft on April 29th for the first round. He wanted to know at eight that they could trade back, they could trade up, they could stay right there and take best player available, take a position of need. Everything is on the table for the Carolina Panthers. That includes taking a quarterback at eight. That includes probably still trading up for a quarterback, even though 
As reported, the Panthers did talk to Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago prior to San Francisco making that trade, giving away three first-round picks to draft a quarterback who, in all likelihood, apparently right now as we sit here on April 15th, is going to be Mac Jones, a quarterback from Alabama. I don't understand that at all, but hey, if they want to do that, by all means, do what you got to do, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. But the Panthers talked about that. It was too rich for their blood. So that's still a possibility that maybe they want to trade up with Detroit. Maybe they want to trade up with Cincinnati or Miami wants to trade back again after they already traded back and then back in with Philadelphia swapping spots. They're at six trading backs, a possibility staying puts a possibility left tackle corner wide receiver. As we talked about on Wednesday, um, when looking at some of the mock drafts that Jonathan Jones had put out there where the Panthers going best player available and taking Jamar chase. And then also Mel Kuyper Jr. Taking the Heisman trophy winner out of Alabama, Devonte Smith at number eight with Justin Fields, on the board, by the way, for the Carolina Panthers. So everything is on the table. I've already mentioned what I do like and what I don't like. So you can check out previous podcasts to hear that conversation, particularly on Monday's show, where I talked about why it doesn't make a lot of sense for me for the Carolina Panthers to still take a quarterback at eight after trading three picks last week for Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. So looking at the tradeback scenarios that they brought up, the Denver Broncos are the first team that are mentioned. The Broncos sit back one spot behind the Carolina Panthers at nine. And I think Denver wishes, of course, that they were sitting at eight and that they had not beaten Carolina so that they could be in prime position to just sit back and pick up the fourth or fifth quarterback, whatever quarterback falls. Because we already have gone through it. Number one overall, Trevor Lawrence, of course, going to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson going to be a New York Jet. According to right now, as it sits, and we're not really sure if it's 100%, but Mac Jones of Alabama going to San Francisco. Then the draft starts at four with Atlanta. Do they stay, take a guy like Kyle Pitts? Do they go ahead and take a quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields, a Georgia native, or it's Trey Lance? They could do that. Or they could trade out. Who knows what could happen? So there's a possibility once you get to Cincinnati at five, who already has it already has their quarterback in Joe Burrow, that they could go Panay Sewell, they could go wide receiver like Jamar Chase, who Burrow's been lobbying for at six, Miami. They have their quarterback in Tua Tungabaloa. You would imagine that they'd probably be looking at a Devontae Smith or a Jalen uh, Waddell to help them out at wide receiver and have already the connection being a Bama guy with Tua. And you get to seven with Detroit. They're a team that certainly could be trading out or they could stay there and try and build around Jared Goff and that new offense and that new organization that they have with Dan Campbell as the head coach. And then you get to eight with Carolina. I think Denver is absolutely a team that wants to move up. If the Panthers can get future assets to move back just a spot with Denver I would be all about that if that means that the Denver Broncos are able to get in position to get their quarterback. If that, Because, again, I'm a guy who wants the Carolina Panthers right now after trading a second and fourth next year's draft and then six year, a six-round pick in this year's draft to go ahead and build around Sam Darnold. I believe that should be the focus moving forward for the Carolina Panthers. So, and ideally, let's say Atlanta goes Kyle Pitts at four and the Bengals go and take Jamar Chase at five. Or even Penesol, but still, one of those guys at five, Dolphins go receiver, Lions, they say they take a wide receiver as well, and then Denver gets a quarterback. There could still be a quarterback sitting there, so if you're a Panthers fan who wants a quarterback, you could still have one potentially at nine and then picked up assets, but for me, that's the point where, okay, maybe you get a Patrick Sertan out of Alabama, or you take Rashawn Slater, who I've seen some people, like Benjamin Albright, who does radio in Denver, is very closely connected 
with the Broncos. He actually put out there on Twitter the other day that if he had to guess, he actually has the Panthers taking Slater at number eight, not Sewell, who was available in in his guest mock draft that he put out there. So I would be fine with that, picking up some assets, moving back, and you could still potentially get that left tackle. And hell, maybe if it's Panay Sewell still out there, that would be really good for the Carolina Panthers. Now, there's also the scenario that the New England Patriots want to move up from 15 to 8. Now, New England's a team. Cam Newton, our guy, formerly our guy, still our guy, depending on whether you like Cam or you hated Cam. I still love Cam. I want him to go up there and crush in New England. It will be very interesting and emotional when he comes down to Charlotte later this fall as a New England Patriot as their quarterback. But the Patriots are still a team with Bill Belichick, who have been super aggressive in the offseason and free agency, and they want to bounce back. And Bill wants to prove that the dynasty wasn't all Tom Brady, but it was also equal parts him, if not more so him than Brady. And that's going to be one of those tugging pulls this whole rest of his career and far, as far as his legacy. It's really asinine because Bill Belichick is definitely the best coach in NFL history, at least arguably. It doesn't really matter whether you think he is or not, but like he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So at the end of the day, and none of it matters. But it would make a lot of sense for the Panthers if they can get some assets from New England to move back to 15 because there you could still take a guy like J.C. Horn, which is brought up in this article, and that's a position of need at, at cornerback. Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, he's also another corner. He could be sitting right there for the Carolina Panthers, and you pick up assets. That's the thing that I'm open to them moving back after the trade of Sam Darnold because you want to try and recoup some of those picks that you lost. If you can get back that second or get back that fourth-round pick by moving back in the draft or maybe even picking up a future first round pick that only helps this team because think about it like if the Panthers get two first round picks next year and say Darnold flops that would give them the ammo and you pick up some of the picks that you gave away for Darnold that would give you the ammunition to be able to move up in the draft to go draft that quarterback if you need to do that we're sitting there in that position this time next season so I'm all for that if they can find a way. Uh, Washington, Ron Rivera and Washington sitting there at 19th. They could target a quarterback. I've seen a lot of talk about Davis Mills, who is seen as the sixth best quarterback in his class. Um, he could be a second-round guy for Washington. Davis Mills out of Stanford, by the way, a former number one overall uh, quarterback prospect out of high school, but didn't really pan out to being all that great at Stanford. Dealt with a lot of injuries, had his moments, but wasn't necessarily the guy that uh, they were hoping David Shaw, the head coach of Stanford, was hoping he would be coming out of California. So I could see that. And then they bring up that Jeremiah Usu-Kamora, that linebacker from Notre Dame, would make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers. Certainly after you signed Denzel Perryman, I could see the Panthers still looking at a linebacker. It's, it's a position of need still in terms of just long-term options. Not sure how Perryman's going to sit here in Carolina if he has to deal with injuries like he has the last couple of years. I don't see him being a long-term factor, but I do like the Perryman signing, and I hope he stays healthy, and I think that he could sit right there and wear that same 52 number that John Beeson wore, and he could be a really good player for the Carolina Panthers for the years to come alongside Shaq Thompson and then potentially Jeremy Chin as he moves up back and forth from safety and linebacker, and even Jermaine Carter Jr. would be slots in there at that linebacker position. So the Washington one, though, I don't really see that happening after Ron is basically invested in Taylor Heineke being there for another year. Same thing with Kyle Allen on that roster. And they just signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. That seems like a team that feels like they're going to be good enough to be able to get to the playoffs or at least win the division again, which I guess is the same thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick has never taken a team to the playoffs, which should be noted. So maybe Washington wants to trade up. And I, I'm not a huge fan of moving all back to 19th. I go back to Scott Fitter talking about 
how they don't want to be sitting here in the top 10 at eight in the future. And how this is such an important opportunity for them to get a really good, solid player who can start from day one. And he sees the middle part of the first round to the early part of the second round as basically the same caliber player. So I would be surprised if he moved all the way back to 19th. 15th with New England would be right there on the borderline. Nine with Denver makes plenty of sense. You're moving back a spot, collecting assets, and you could probably still get the same player that you want, especially if they're targeting a quarterback and you're not. So, I'm cool with the Panthers trading back. Especially if it's with Denver. Because you stay in the top 10, you probably get the play that you want, and you get assets. Try and recoup those assets from Sam Donald to at least protect yourself for next season if you have to move back up into the first round to try and get a quarterback if Donald does not pan out. So, let's also think about this too. I brought up corners, like Sertan and J.C. Horn. I've also brought up yesterday in the mock drafts that Mel Kiper Jr. Jonathan Jones brought up where they were talking about wide receiver and Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. You now think about Dante Jackson and Robbie Anderson, two guys who are entering into a contract years. Robbie had a 1,000-yard receiving season last year. You would think that he'd be a priority for Carolina if he has another season that's like that this year. And playing with Sam Darnold again, who we had a lot of success with in New York. Dante Jackson, he's had his moments in Carolina. Rocky start as a rookie. Had all those picks but wasn't very coachable. You think about getting benched when Perry Fuel was the interim head coach, and that was a little ridiculous to be benching him late in the season when it really should have been about valuation and trying to figure out who is the right kind of guys for the next incoming staff. But still, Dante or Robbie Anderson, of those two, who should be the greater offseason priority as we're sitting here about two weeks away from the NFL draft? I'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me talk to you guys about Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I personally believe that with the draft two weeks away, it's a good time for Scott Fitter and Matt Rule and this entire organization to start evaluating all positions, and including guys who are going to be on contract years and trying to find their potential replacements. You look at it, one of my offseason priorities was finding a corner who could start opposite of Dante Jackson. The Carolina Panthers have done that in A.J. Boye, signing him to a two-year, $7 million deal. 
I'm assuming it's probably most of that guaranteed money in year one. If it works out, he'll be back in year two. That signing has also given Carolina a little bit of protection. Say Dante Jackson doesn't live up to being that number two corner, number one corner, whatever, that starting corner that Carolina wants to extend. I would be very surprised to see Carolina use the franchise tag on Dante Jackson unless he turns out to be just an absolute stud, pro bowler, all pro in 2021. I don't see that happening. Now, I bring up Dante Jackson because I also wonder if Robbie Anderson, who I talked about a little bit yesterday when mentioning Jonathan Jones, Mel Kiper Jr.'s latest mock drafts, saying the Panthers will take at eight a wide receiver in Jamar Chase and Dante Smith, respectively, at LSU and Alabama to help out Sam Darnold and to go best player available. And Jamar Chase, certainly the top wide receiver in this draft. If he's available at eight, you can't hate that pick at all, especially if you're trying to help Sam Darnold and build this offense around him. Now, you take a wide receiver, it puts you in a position where you don't have to pay Robbie Anderson. I'm of the opinion that the only in the NFL, you only play two, you only pay two of your wide receivers. You don't pay three. Like Curtis Samuel who's available this past offseason, would have loved to have Curtis back. The salary cap situation and just the kind of money that he was going to be offered and garnered as probably the fourth option once Christian McCaffrey came back this year didn't make a ton of sense to me, even if the Panthers had enough cap space. There's plenty of guys in college in this draft that can come in and give you the kind of production that Curtis Samuel primarily gave you across the first three years of his career. Are you going to get guys who go out there and give you a thousand yards all purpose like Curtis did last year? Maybe not. But when you have Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, do you really need them to? That's the big question. So I look at it heading into the draft and you think about next offseason, who's going to be the bigger priority? Is it Dante Jackson or Robbie Anderson? I honestly would say Robbie Anderson, just based off of the production that he had last season, I'm going to make a fair assumption that he has another strong season playing with Sam Darnold as his quarterback, a guy he already has connection with, and he's a former Temple guy. And I don't know if Robbie Anderson is going to be that expensive. Because here's the thing, the Panthers have until May 3rd to exercise fifth-year option for both Sam Darnold but for DJ Moore, which is something that's absolutely going to happen. I can't imagine it wouldn't. So DJ Moore still going to contract for this season and the next season. They can afford to pay Robbie Anderson next year without really worrying about having to pay their wide receiver position that maximum salary. I would think it would be the offseason of 2023. Well, I guess maybe probably next offseason two is when you want to pay DJ Moore. So that does put you in some kind of a bundle. But with the wide receivers in the NFL, like there's plenty to go around. But how many guys out there are putting up the numbers that Robbie Anderson are that you're going to go get? Like if you get Jamar Chase, then fine, Robbie Anderson can go. But the other protection, at least, at corner with Dante Jackson, not with Dante Jackson, with A.J. Boye, where he's been a former pro bowler. He's under contract for the next two seasons. You can have him be that veteran presence and have a rookie come along opposite side of him or really a second year come up, come and start opposite of him if you take a J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. So I'm really of the opinion that Robbie Anderson's probably the top priority just based of we know what kind of player he is. Dante Jackson, I really feel like the jury's still out on him. He... Had his moments last year. He's had his moments throughout his career. The turf toe injury really set him back. But I think Matt Rule and the staff really appreciated Dante going out there and fighting through the injuries. Unlike one of their free agent signings, a former first rounder in Eli Apple, who left practice one day, wasn't feeling right, and he was cut later that day. I just think at the currently with the NFL and the way things are going, I would probably 
prioritize Robbie Anderson over Dante Jackson as we sit here in April of 2021. Now, there's still a long way to go, but just looking at it right now, heading into the draft, if there's a guy I would rather have back and I'm looking at positions, I'll look at that cornerback position as a position that needs to be filled instead of looking at the wide receiver position, just knowing that Dante Jackson, there's still a lot of questions about him and whether he can be a true number one corner or whether he can be a good enough starting corner for the Panthers moving forward in this new regime with Matt Rule, Scott Fitterer, and Phil Snow, Joe Brady, David Tepper, all those names that you know. And speaking of Joe Brady, Sam Darnold now here in Carolina. A lot of folks out there, especially in the national media, love the signing for Sam Darnold here in Carolina, or at least the trade here for Sam Darnold in Carolina. And a big reason they believe that in Sam Darnold coming here and having success is because of Joe Brady, the wonderkin offensive coordinator, coming off a season where with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, he had Mike Davis, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson. All four of those players have over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. That's pretty awesome for a first-time offensive coordinator, a first-time play caller who helped orchestrate and develop one of the greatest college offenses we've ever seen at LSU a couple years ago with guys like Joe Burrows now in Cincinnati and Jamar Chase, who's the top wide receiver option in his NFL draft. So if Joe Brady has success with Sam Darnold, is he the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator in 2022? I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I've been telling you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. I think we all knew when Joe Brady was hired from LSU that he probably wasn't going to be the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator for long if everything went according to plan. And last offseason, or really this offseason that we're currently sitting on a couple months ago, He almost was not here in Carolina. He interviewed for a multitude of jobs, including for Atlanta, for Houston. He was all over there, and he was a sought-after guy. And I'm thinking that Joe Brady probably won't be here in Carolina in 2022, and that was prior to the Sam Donald trade. I felt like the Panthers could get him for two years. That would be successful. And that would lay a good foundation here in Carolina, and that the Panthers could move forward with a new offense corner past that that can run the same offense of Joe Brady, and they can hopefully have success going into their third year under Matt Rule. Now, if Sam Darnold now enters the equation, and if Sam Darnold has the kind of year that a lot of people are hoping he's going to have, and some of the folks out there believe he's going to have with Christian McCaffrey and linking back up with his guy Robbie Anderson, who he had back in New York, bringing in David Morrison from Seattle, 
Dan Arnold, and of course, DJ Moore coming off of back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons with the likes of Teddy Bridgewater and Kyle Allen throwing the football to him. So I only imagine it's going to get better. And this is the time for Sam Darnold to prove that he truly is a starting quarterback in the NFL. And this is also the time for Joe Brady. Because that's the thing about this. People are talking about with Joe Brady, you know, if he has success, will he be a head coach? Like, I think he's going to be a head coach next year, probably regardless of whether this offense turns out to be a top 10 offense or not. Like, they probably should if this offensive line gets figured out in the draft. And even if they're not, like, they probably should. But it's going to come down to guys like Sam Darnold. But also for Joe Brady, what if they struggle? Because that's this is a big year for him to really live up to that hype. Because last year was great. You still question kind of that first drive or the final drive of the first game of the season against Las Vegas and hanging the ball off to Alex Armand, still giving it to Christian McCaffrey. This is the offense that went 0 for 8 on the last drives that could either tie or win the game. I know everyone put it on Teddy Bridgewater, but at some point you have to also question the offensive coordinator. Are you getting the right kind of play calls out? Are you able to make quick plays so that your offensive line that's been a hindrance isn't going to blow up that drive and hurt you from having the opportunity to go down and score and tie the game or win the game? I think that there has to be certain questions asked of Joe Brady for those failures. I've looked at that as a complete and total failure for the entire offensive unit, not just on the quarterback. Now, Teddy Bridgewater absolutely need to be better, but in some situations, I don't really know what you could have expected when the offensive line didn't hold up and... That's just not a good situation. And there was a communication issue that they had one time in one of the final drives. When it came to Joe Brady and with Teddy Bridgewater, was it Joe Brady's fault? Was it Teddy's fault? It all got kind of lost there in translation. So it's an important year for Joe Brady. Not just because he's going to be a head coaching candidate, but he has a chance to really prove to a lot of folks out there. And if there's anyone doubting him, he gets a chance to really prove that, yes, I am made and cut out to be one of the top play callers in the NFL. I am made out to be a head coach in the NFL. Like I don't know what jobs will come open. I think it'll be interesting to see how things go in Cincinnati, um, especially with Zach Taylor, who I don't know if anyone out there really has that much confidence that, that Zach Taylor is that good of an NFL coach. And there's going to be the obvious connection between him and Joe Burrow. If the adult, if the uh, Bengals, rather, if they actually go Jamar Chase there at five instead of Panay Sewell, then you have Jamar Chase. And it's going to be all about, let's get all the LSU guys from that national title team back together in the NFL. So that's definitely a place to look out for. Denver. Denver could be a job that could be open for Joe Brady as well, depending on how things go with Vic Fangio. And if they can find a quarterback. Because I look at Joe Burrow as being, or Joe, I look, because I look at Joe Brady as being a guy who could play with, I look at Joe Brady as a guy that you're going to want to link up with a young quarterback. Like I brought up Joe Burrow up in Cincinnati. Joe Brady there with potentially a Trey Lance or Justin Fields if the Broncos are able to trade up and get their quarterback, which I brought up earlier. I would be a fan if the Panthers moved back one spot, got some assets, and let Denver go out there and chase a quarterback. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, I think, for Joe Brady this coming offseason, especially if he has a ton of success. Minnesota could be another one. Mike Zimmer. Kind of a lame duck. Kirk Cousins, they're still riding with him. Minnesota might be looking to make a change. And here's one actually too. Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury, kind of that mold just like Joe Brady. Young, smart, offensive mind. There was a lot of questions last year at the end of the season about his game management and whether he's really cut out 
to be an NFL head coach. And there was those questions when he was fired from Texas Tech. And he's really been able to hang his hat on guy like Patrick Mahomes coming into the league and being awesome. But how much is that just Pat being special? and Or is it really Cliff Kingsbury who is the architect of Mahomes being as good as he is now in the NFL? I don't I don't know how much credit you can give him for that. You definitely have to give him credit for recruiting the guy and get putting him in a situation in college with the numbers that allowed him to be a first-round pick. But there are a ton of questions still out there about Cliff Kingsbury. In Arizona with Kyler Murray, that could be a situation for Joe Brady. I don't want to see him leave Carolina. Would love to see him here for another season, but it just feels like even before the Darnold thing that he's probably going to get a head coaching job. But if he definitely goes out there and he's able to have success this year with Sam Darnold, I see that Joe Brady would absolutely be a head coach next year in the NFL. And I'm going to think Arizona would probably be the top job, just knowing that you have a former first round, first overall pick in Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback and a young player there. You also have guys like Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. And um, it's the desert. Who doesn't want to live there? So that wraps up another episode of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can check us out on Google Podcasts and on the brand new Odyssey app. Please make sure to tweet at me. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. It's at Julian Council on Twitter. I'm going to be doing a mailbag on Friday. So I'm going to need your questions so we can do that. If you don't give me questions, we can't do it. I'm just going to be looking here looking stupid. So don't make me look stupid. Unless you already think I'm an idiot, then, well, whatever. <laughs> so, we'll talk more Panthers tomorrow. Uh, I'm really interested if we're going to hear from A.J. Boye. I'm sure that's going to be coming down. It's the news cycle is going to always continue here in the NFL. We're only two weeks away from the draft. I'm sure some stuff will pop up. I'll be here to talk about it with you here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all.